Welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. This is episode uh, 49. I should have checked that before we started. No, I think. Is this episode 50? We're doing our we're doing our 50th episode special and I didn't even realize it. I think so. Oh, well, shit. Um, We have nothing planned. Should we start over? You know what? They they say that uh, your 51st uh, is really the one that you got to look out for. Um, That that's that's true. (laughs) You never forget your 51st. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. Uh, It is. It is July 18th, 2021. I am your host, Michael Debs. Joining me, as always, uh, co-host Danko Suvin from the Instagram handle at Dank Also. Um, also joining us is uh, John, the producer from the Instagram handle at Discopathic, which I believe he still has not uploaded anything to because he's not a meme shitlord like Danko and I. It's a compliment. Better for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, how, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing all right. Uh, other than uh, I guess uh, we don't get to uh, observe religious uh days or something yeah you you did uh you did tell me that you uh you deeply respect sunday um not out of a christian sense but uh just just because uh what what was it you're saying you you believe that uh that that god rested on on sunday and if that's good enough for a white man then it should be good enough for you too right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. well uh yeah you're, we had to reschedule really reading into the rhyme uh, sunday fun day uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm over here getting drunk at uh, 10 a.m and uh yeah we're we're doing good things you're not the only one sir uh so we we had to postpone our original recording because uh denko was going to be on a different podcast which they also had to postpone due to other reasons of course um so Coming out a little bit late, uh, or later today, I'm also going to be recording a, a religious deconstruction episode, um, focusing on uh, uh, evangelicalism and genocide. Uh, so that'll be fun. Nice. Um, they seem unrelated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Converting people to your religion and also uh, uh, killing them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nobody so, expects the span of yeah, sir. Uh, you know, we were originally going to talk about Cuba and Haiti, um, but uh, Denko's on a timeline today, so we're going to keep it focused on Haiti because I think Haiti is a more interesting subject. On the subject of Cuba, um, it seems like Cuba is being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, America? Um, <laughs> well, it illegitimately turned into a more confusing thing than it actually is. Um, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, well, that, that is America, I guess. Um, <laughs> real, real quick rundown. But for freedom, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not even gonna like preface this with the normal like I'm not a tanky sort of stuff. Uh, 
Cuba is a socialist country that has been fucked with by its massive militarized neighbor who should be its most natural trade partner, but uh, its most natural trade partner has put an embargo on it. And further than just an embargo, uh, also blocked other countries from trading with Cuba. Um, If you think that has no effect on the Cuban economy, I have no other word for you, but the R word, and I'm not going to say it. Tempted as I am, but you have to think it. <laughs> but you have to think it. I put it in your head, and you have to think it. Um, the other thing is, uh, yeah, Cuba uh, does does have a pretty robust police state. Um, that's not great. That 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 shouldn't be a, a point of contention. Uh, <laughs> even if even you know the the thought that uh, everybody who's protesting is astroturfed right over in Cuba. <clears throat> that's that's ridiculous uh whether whether or not you believe they have a, a legitimate protest going on the right to protest is legitimate and if you have people being arrested by police for protesting their government uh that's a bad thing um again not very complex um yeah so you know real real brief up until 2019, uh, Cuba had basically eliminated poverty and hunger. Um, and this is according to reports from like UN sources. So, you know, the U- AIDS and babies. <laughs> yes. Cancer <laughs> vaccine. I'm not kidding. These no, are no, things. I know. Yeah, no, th- this is <laughs> okay. all real stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, um, and then you know the 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 hypocritical notion that Cuba lives under a brutal dictatorship, um, and then you know I've got this video that we're going to show real quick from America uh, yesterday, I believe, um, and and just America you know yesterday is my least favorite <laughs> late night show. <laughs> um, so so you know like sure yeah the uh, the cuban government has a pretty robust police state but uh john if you would like to to play this clip that we have queued up from uh the the totally democratic nation of uh america uh in which no police abuse is ever committed and so we have the right to criticize other countries about their police brutality yeah a free society <laughs> Uh, you can go ahead and uh, pause that. That's all we really needed to see. What's up? I said you can go ahead and pause that. That's all we really needed to see. Oh yeah. Um, Pretty cool. So yeah, that that was uh, that was America yesterday. Uh, the people that were being uh, fired at were pro-trans activists, uh, counter-protesting, and anti-trans uh, protest. Uh, I'll let you guess who was abused out of uh, those two uh, those two groups, um, and who was uh, who was protected. Um, so, you know, any hysteria that you're seeing about Cuba being you know a brutal police state and the people are protesting for freedom and and whatnot, um, the Cuban response has been particularly tame in comparison to what happens every day in America. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of arrests. There's also been a lot of people, and this is according to, you know, third-party groups that, you know, watch for human rights abuses. Uh, there's been a lot of arrests, but there's also been a lot of releases. So, there you go. 
Cuba, not that complicated. There you go. Also, one one note because I always have to bring in <laughs> stupid bullshit. Um, but uh, it's it's important to keep in mind that when you have something like a tourist economy, and then you have the pandemic, and your economy shrinks by or contracts by eleven sure. percent, uh, you should expect fucking protests. And it doesn't mean that your country's collapsing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and, it means and, that you had an economic contraction of eleven percent, <laughs> and uh, people are going to protest. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the reason I brought up that up until twenty nineteen, uh, Cuba had eliminated hunger and poverty is because guess what happened after twenty nineteen, or in the late end of twenty nineteen and all of twenty twenty, massive global yeah. pandemic. Um, there were bare shelves in America. You couldn't buy toilet paper for like three fucking right. months. Which is uh, supposed to be the communist thing, right? Yeah, which is supposed to be the communist paper. thing. But, you know, like just just imagine what like an actual focused embargo does to a country versus like America yeah. imports so many of its goods. And because the supply chains were fucked up, we didn't have toilet paper for three months. Like we started yeah. a bidet revolution because we had no other way to wash our asses. <laughs> um, Which, to be fair, was was for the best. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I keep on, cool I keep on, dark. yeah, I keep on uh, wanting to get one. Uh, you know, we don't need to talk about my my anal uh, cleanliness here, I guess, but <laughs> I keep on cleanliness. However, is everyone's business. Yep. <laughs> True. Yes. <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's the that's the the short and dirty on uh, on Cuba. Uh, Haiti, which I think is a more interesting and complex subject, uh, which we'll kind of try to blow through a little bit here. Um, so President uh, Jovenel Moise uh, was uh, assassinated. Um, what? This was on the 7th, I think. So, right. yeah, yeah, like a, a week and a couple of days ago. Um, kind of just came out of nowhere. Uh, an armed group of... Uh, of military contractors, uh, some of them Colombian uh, uh, ex-military, some of them uh, American ex-military, uh, which which is going to be kind of what we end up focusing on at the uh, at the end of this. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was killed in the middle of the night. Uh, the assassins had pretty detailed information on you know his his house where he where he uh, stays at. Um, what kind of they, guards would be present? What kind of security? They have Lego measure. models of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the uh, one of the uh, the Colombian ex military guys had the Lego set of the uh, Jovenel <laughs> Jovenel <laughs> Moise, uh <laughs> presidential compound. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what that joke is, um, one of one of the uh, pieces of evidence in the uh, the January sixth uh, insurrectionist sort of thing. Is that one of the, uh, one of the, the, I don't even know what to call them. One of the fucking goons that, that stormed the Capitol, uh, had the, uh, the Capitol Lego set and that's being used as like some form of evidence that he had plotted, you know, this I out mean, in advance. To, to, to be fair with that, he also had like step-by-step instructions about how to do it. Uh, so it's actually funnier. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, it's, it's great you know. because, because it's, it's both like ridiculous that he probably did use that lego model as some kind of planning mechanism but also it's ridiculous that that's being used as some kind of like evidence (laughs) yeah it's it's like if you if you were hanging out at your buddy's place and his wife comes home 
and he starts yelling at her because uh, she is wearing crocodile shoes. And you're like, why is crocodile shoes a problem? And it becomes clearer and clearer <laughs> over the conversation that every time she wears these crocodile shoes, she like fucks a homeless man <laughs> and that it's actually a real thing. Uh, it's yeah. like that, but with America. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the absurdity of, of, of uh, our state. Um Again, such a bad metaphor. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, and I'm not Allegory. sure why why the uh, why the person she fucks has to be homeless. Uh, well, I guess I guess that is very American. Yeah, um, yeah. most it? most oh, men are homeless. Is problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, this so, all takes place in Louisiana, of course. Oh man, Cardinal yeah. shoes, homeless man. Well, they, are, are, they, are the homeless people hotter in Louisiana? Yes. Uh, yes. Temperature. Yeah, crust punks. So, oh, like, God. if you're into the whole, you know, <laughs> not actually. Um, <laughs> They're almost my choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crust, crust punks are a whole thing, man. They they suck so bad. <laughs> Train kids and crust punks. Yeah. Mm. Um. Shit. Where was I going with this? Where where uh, were we yeah. going with this? Uh, Haiti. So, Haiti so yeah, Haiti. Uh, the Haiti. president died. There was there was a Lego set. Right. So um, <laughs> there have been, and it's funny. Uh, also in relation to Cuba, there have been massive protests in Haiti for the last couple of months, um, particularly <laughs> because Moise is a American plant. Essentially, uh, he's he's the American choice of president. Um, he has overstayed his, uh, his welcome as president. Uh, he, there was supposed to be an election. He contests that he, uh, was supposed to leave office when he was supposed to leave office or contested. He's dead now. Um, Moise is not a good guy. Uh, plainly put, um, very, and uh, it doesn't matter if he was in fact like fighting bad guys as well. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't, uh, these things aren't binary because I know someone's going to shit their pants about that. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the bad guys that he's been fighting um, who are weirdly being proclaimed as some kind of revolutionaries, but they're, they're not promise. Um, so yeah, uh, Moise, you know, he, uh, he was facing a lot of public backlash, a very populist movement uh, kind of forming against him. Um, What's surprising, though, is they likely aren't the people that are behind his assassination. Uh, what seems to be the case is that there's, you know, there's there's a bourgeoisie in Haiti, uh, just like there's a bourgeoisie everywhere. Um, and it looks like maybe they're the ones behind this assassination because <laughs> because Moise was such like a dumb shithead that he was causing this populist movement to. Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, how, how liberals are responsible for creating and also destroying Trump. Yeah. Um, because, you know, once, once Trump started like being a rude dude, they're like, oh fuck, we need to, we need to pump the brakes on this. Everybody's mad. Everybody's like doing uprising sort of stuff. Um, so let's, you know, vote him out. Um, instead of, uh, voting him out in Haiti, they just kill him because, uh, Haiti is incredibly <laughs> destabilized due to all of the American influences at play in Haiti. Um, our current president, uh, once said, uh, 
I, I believe this was back in the 90s, once said that uh, if Haiti sank into the ocean, nobody would care. Um, so... Well, he, he wouldn't care, which he is, wouldn't I guess, care. Most, well, yeah, he, no. he, he represents America. Right. And that's what I'm and saying. America is, represents everyone. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, American influence is such that it's been treated yeah. in this way for, for this long. And it's and it's just, you know, it's 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 dealing with a lot of corruption issues. But a lot of those corruption issues stem from American influence. Uh, let's go ahead and go to the uh, the next link. Oh, uh, so the the current um, s- suspect for for ordering the hit uh, go down a little bit more um, is uh, shoot I'm forgetting his name. So, anyways, uh, a Colombian uh, a group of Colombian ex military people um, are are most of the uh, the force that has been arrested in, in uh, this this assassination um, and then let's go to the next link uh, so they had disguised themselves as DEA agents and since they were DEA agents they were let in which just goes to show you like how deep the American influence and ties are there that right. in order to get into the presidential compound they identified themselves as an american agency <laughs> for drug <laughs> enforcement <laughs> to, to get in um <clears throat> so so we have this uh this the so-called revolutionary which is uh jimmy barbecue cherizier um he he's a former police officer that was uh uh i guess like put on a burn notice sort of thing um basically you know uh shafted by the police force and then he fell in with a bunch of gangs and now he's leading a supposed revolution uh he's he's formed a group of gangs called the g9 um and the g9 claims to be uh populist uh in terms of like hey um you know, all all of this money belongs to you. Go out and take it. Sort of like reappropriation, sort of stuff. Uh, he claims that that his nickname Barbecue is from um, his family ran a barbecue joint in uh, in his hometown, and so there were so many Jimmies in the area that he was known as Jimmy Barbecue because you know uh, he was the Jimmy that was associated with uh, with the barbecue joint. Um, other sources have said that uh, he got that nickname because he lit people on fire, which I think is maybe more of uh, an accurate uh, summarization of his uh, of his nickname, uh, given his ties to to some some pretty brutal gangs in Haiti. Um, so, you know, I've seen a couple of leftist circles discuss this guy as, you know, as a revolutionary sort of figure. Um, I would caution everybody against that. We're going to listen to uh, a rights activist, a community activist that's that's done a long, uh, done a long time work in in Haiti. Uh, you know, advocating for leftist principles, uh, advocating for for human human rights, and and has done some stays in prison because of his activism. Uh, versus uh, Jimmy. Uh, barbecue who is a known criminal 
has definitely murdered people, probably setting them on fire also. Uh, and the government has done nothing to arrest him. And so it's it's kind of curious that this this rights activist has been arrested multiple times with this known criminal um and not not criminal in terms of like i I don't think that that criminality is necessarily what makes you good or bad but criminal in a sense of like murdering people is bad so uh, don't do that um so yeah uh, let's go ahead and go to the next link um we'll go to the 18 minute timestamp of this video uh, and, and this is uh, Dahoud Andre uh, speaking about uh, Jimmy Cherizier, uh, Jimmy Barbecue. So re- really, really quick. I do just want to, to clarify that uh, the, word, the word barbecue uh, comes from, uh, it essentially means like sticks used as a frame or to cook on green sticks. Oh, okay. Uh, and so what, what it actually means uh, is it's a commentary on his penis. <laughs> uh, John, he if we could green, go to the 18 penis. minute mark. Yeah. He's got a green penis. <laughs> Never been used or maybe <laughs> just used too much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, John, if we could go to the, the 18 minute mark. 18 call me yeah. Jimmy green dicks. <laughs> a call about uh, 5.30 this morning uh, to say that the radio in Haiti had reported that overnight uh, Jovenel Moïse had been assassinated. I should say that uh, uh, right now, as, as of now, we have no clue uh, where this assassination came from. Certainly not the street gangs such as the G9, uh, Jimmy Barbecue Chavisier, who uh, has been going around recently after years of uh, demonstrating with uh, an American flag behind his back, and right now purporting to be uh, fighting for a revolution to liberate the Haitian people. So we know it did not come from there. We know that uh, it could have come from the oligarchy, uh, such people as uh, uh, Richard Boulos, maybe, you know, the, uh, the, the Dimitri Vord, that at present, it appears that Jovenel Moïse has some difficulty with them, because we can imagine that it would take a lot of money to do and resources to do an operation such as this. But a lot of people that I've spoken to this morning are saying it's probably the U.S. government. Again, not just affirming their domination over Haiti right now, but maybe to mask the shame of their uh, defeat and uh, running away from Afghanistan in the middle of the night. All right, go ahead and pause it there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, this this video is from Democracy Now. Uh, the the person that was speaking was Dahoud Andre. Again, like I said, he's a he's a Haitian community activist. Um, 
has been working in that field for a long time in Haiti, has been in and out of prison just based on the fact that he's activated for uh, been activist for uh, for uh, human rights. Um, so he calls out uh, Jimmy Cherizier uh, pretty, pretty uh, pointedly there in that uh, Jimmy has been, you know, demonstrating with an American flag behind his back for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, he's, you know, uh, leading a revolution of sorts, uh, according to him. Um, according to Jimmy, not, uh, not according to Dehud Andre. Um, and then, you know, this, this is pretty early on after the, uh, the news of the assassination. And so, you know, here we have uh, Haitian activists saying, Hey, it probably came from the oligarchy, uh, not these street gangs that we're also having trouble with. Uh, but, but also, you know, they're, they're kind of implicitly supported by the United States and the current government because they're being allowed to just kind of roam around, um so so there's that uh he he calls out the oligarchy um if we go to the next link the uh the current um uh suspect in this is uh joseph felix badio um and he is a former uh, uh justice uh department official haitian justice department official um and it looks like that's where the order came from. He's probably, you know, being paid by other groups of uh, people. And again, this this all kind of stems from, you know, Moise's incompetence in handling this kind of populist movement that's forming. Um, it's being the populist movement is being led by very bad actors, of course. Uh, but yeah. there is a populist movement that's been forming in Haiti for some time. Um, it's it's notable that you probably haven't heard about all the Haitian protests in the news, but you're hearing about the Cuban protests. Um, you're also not hearing about the uh, the protests in Colombia very much on the news, uh, but you're hearing about the Cuban protest. Um, <laughs> there's, there's been massive protests in, in places like France, uh, and you know, all, all these, all these protests in these other places are mostly anti-imperialist, anti-capitalist. Um, but the, uh, the one, the one protest that you are hearing about is in Cuba, which is uh, pro-capitalist, uh, pro, you know, us imperialism. Um, and so, and so it's notable that this is kind of, and, and, you know, even, even the assassination of a president, like, has been a, extremely quiet versus, like, a, a handful of protesters in, in Cuba. Um, so, so here's where we start getting into, like, the American connection. Um, also, also real quick, uh, I, I don't care how innocent this, uh, this Joseph uh, Felix Badio guy is, um, if we go to the next link... Uh, I, I found that he has a LinkedIn profile, so that's incredibly oh, yeah. <laughs> suspect, in my opinion. Very bad sign. Yeah, um, very very bare bones uh, profile, um, but but this and does good at least. This does appear to be his uh, his his uh, LinkedIn. I, I found this through through Google searching to to get some background information on this guy because obviously I'm not like a uh, Haitian political expert, uh, and I don't know <laughs> every single actor in in Haiti. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was funny that he has a uh, he has a LinkedIn um, <laughs> as as a prominent uh, uh, Haitian official, uh, former official now I guess. Um, so so uh, go to go to the next link, um, and the uh, one of the first things that we that we covered uh, on on this podcast uh, about a 
little over a year ago now was the uh, the Venezuelan coup attempt, uh, which came from. Mm. Uh, I'm wondering when we were going to get to this part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it looks like the 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 private military contractors uh, that were used in this uh, this uh, this assassination uh, came from a Miami-based uh, security firm, um, and Whoa. and security firm is, is just <laughs> another term for you know private military contractor. Um, one of the first things that we covered on this podcast was was the 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 uh, coup attempt in Venezuela, uh, which was uh, the funniest shit in the universe. Yeah, very very like clown show. Yeah, very much aligned with like the uh, the January sixth in- insurrectionist sort of stuff. Like people um, will remember that uh, <laughs> they used fucking airsoft guns. Yes. <laughs> so good they were not uh, so they good. were not properly armed uh, they were <laughs> yeah. led they were led by a couple of uh uh ex green beret guys working for <laughs> working for a company called silver corp which we're going to get into later because um how i'd like to frame this is the uh the private military contractors of america kind of running the democracies of other nations um dorian i, I think you're yeah. danko sorry Fake names only. Whatever, man. Does, <laughs> uh, no kisses on the mouth. Fake names only. Uh, but but um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they didn't plan on killing Moise, but they just uh, they like overcompensated with the gear that they brought because they were so embarrassed by the airsoft situation. So they brought in like uh, a well, this is this is uh, this is a different company. This is a different, a different company. Uh, yeah, they're all the same company. Well, that, that's uh, kind of what I'm going to get into as well, yeah, is, is right. how uh, similarly all these companies are. Yeah. They're, they're always run by some former military guy, usually special forces, former military guy right. who just couldn't fucking hang up his hat and let it go. Like, yeah. no, I, I need to do more violence in the world and, and influence more countries uh, through that violence. Right. And... Um, this is this is something that I I guess I should save most of it for uh, when I go on to bringing down the grindhouse. Go follow bringing down the grindhouse uh, podcast. <laughs> um, but um, because we're we're doing some on witches, ah, it's a spooky fun thing, spooky, and like Sylvia Federici and like medieval uh, like politics and stuff like that, and it's very fun. But during the research for that, um, I was reminded of the fact that uh, there. Um, this this whole thing that's happening where private military contractors, mercenaries, we could just call them mercenaries, yeah. uh, end up becoming like these extra national groups that are kind of able to do whatever they want and will uh, literally fight the countries that they're based in, things like that. Uh, that's not new in any way, shape, or form. Um, nope. The, the production of a strong state is something that's kind of post-medieval. Uh, and so it's actually kind of anomalous to have states that are able to control their mercenaries. Um, and so we're now leaving that period or have left it for a couple decades, I would say. Um, and we're entering back into the way that the world was, where there are roving uh, capital debt gains, uh, gangs, gains, gains also, uh, yeah. <laughs> that are just kind of floating around and uh, fucking everything up for everyone. Um, yeah. 
Right. Nations so, don't matter anymore. It's all capital. No, it's it's true. We were <laughs> we were talking about this last night while we were uh, drunk and playing Tarkov. How we uh, have have basically what? returned to some kind of feudalist state. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Silicon Valley's helping. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The the that that is something we should do is uh, tech feudalism as as an episode. Yeah, still, a, a we work episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can maybe we can contact some people from WeWork and and uh, hire them for that episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll record it from. Uh, do they still have them? WeWorks. I know uh, they got a bunch of trouble. Yeah, so I think I think exist? WeWork kind of went under. Um, but yeah, now there's. But I'm sure like 40 new ones. Yeah, no, I, I've been place. I've been seeing like I've been seeing signs around. Of, uh, we live we live, uh, we live in the San Diego area. And I've been driving around San Diego quite a bit recently because I've been busy with a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but I've been seeing signs, and I'm I'm blanking on the name because it was basically just like a different rephrasing of uh, WeWork. Yeah. But I've been seeing signs for a company that that basically seems like it's WeWork. I work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. something like that, basically. Um. So yeah, this this uh, this private military contractor, this mercenary group. Uh, in in Miami, um, Florida is where Silver Corp, the uh, Venezuela coup um, attempt, people were from. Um, so, Florida in particular seems to be kind of lax with their uh, their rules around what kind of mercenary groups can operate there. Um, Alligators with machine guns mounted on their backs. Yeah, uh, uh, men with airsoft guns. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, um so yeah let's uh let's go ahead and go to the next link and this is going to be a video from uh jordan goudreau um who who is the guy that runs a uh, silver corp um and i think we can watch this whole thing uh there's there's going to be some moments where you might want to say pause and, and just uh, go ahead and be ready for that uh john all right Homeowners, this incredible tip is just... I was like, that's not him. <laughs> he looks like a chud, but that's not him. May 3rd incursion into Venezuela, designed to spark a popular uprising and supported by at least three former U.S. Special Forces soldiers, there's been little disclosed about the operation in the months that followed. 47 Venezuelans were captured and other six executed. And in August, Americans Aaron Berry and Luke Denman were sentenced to 20 years in prison by the regime of strongman Nicolas Maduro, now the founder of the Florida-based security company Silver Corps that employed the captured Americans, is breaking his silence. In seven hours of interviews with the Miami Herald and McClatchy via Zoom from an undisclosed location. Jordan Goudreau filed a lawsuit in Florida on October 30th, seeking to recoup funds from a company. Can, uh, can we pause it real quick? Um, to to the the listener, you didn't uh, you didn't get to see uh, Jordan Goudreau's uh, full Christian name, which is Jordan Guy McDonald Goudreau. <laughs> <What's up? laughs> like you could uh, you could dump some glue out and still not get as as white as like that name, <laughs> or like or like American, like he's like a fictional character that's going to be written about a fictional America, like a thousand years. After. <laughs> right. As like cease to be a fucking nation. Yeah. It, it could be pronounced. Uh, McDonald. I, I don't think, I don't think it's pronounced gee. 
Though he's you do have a, a yeah, point he, because he has Goudreau as French. French. Yeah, no, he, yeah. but he, he definitely doesn't identify as French, so... Yeah. This is me, Jordan <laughs> I'm waiting for Goudreau. That could be a good meme. Someone make that. No one will understand. <laughs> the listener knows. Uh, let's listener let's go knows. ahead and uh, continue this. Was signed on behalf of Juan Guaido, considered by the Trump administration to be the interim president of Venezuela. Goudreau shared 26 gigabytes of data from his cell phone including text messages, emails, WhatsApp communications, and his contact list. Could you pause it? I'm sorry, this is a minor thing, but Jordan Peterson is trying so hard to sound like a different person as he speaks (laughs) over this. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go on. This is the same information now in the hands of the FBI, which in late May raided a home in Boca Raton where Goudreau was staying, and seized nearly $57,000 in cash. The ex-soldier also shared videos of training exercises conducted with Venezuelan supporters, meetings with fellow coup plotters, and even a recording- Can we, can we uh, go ahead and pause this real quick? Um, there, there's no way to find like unbiased sort of like sources on this whole thing, but I like how Maduro has been labeled as a strong man in this video, and now the- uh, the coup attempt people are being labeled as uh, Venezuelan supporters as if there aren't other Venezuelans who, uh, and this is, this is what happens, uh, you know, also with Cuba and things like that, where you've got like, Oh no, the, you know, the, the simplification of the politics down to, Hey, there's anti-government protesters. Um, these are the real Cubans that you should be supporting. And, and, you know, uh, th- this happens everywhere where, where the politics of a region get confused and then simplified down to like, hey, people in, uh, uh, you know, whatever country are protesting, um, people in America protest all the time, but they're never labeled as supporters of America or, or anything like that, right? Like, so we have this simplified view of other nations where we fail to recognize that there's a possibility that they might have a conservative wing of politics or they might have a liberal wing of politics or, or like a socialist wing of politics and that not everybody agrees on the solutions and, and um, uh, you know, political aims of of whatever group is currently protesting or anything like that. This is why self-determination is important and allowing other countries to self-determine is important because, you know, when we simplify the politics of another nation down to like, oh, these are the good ones, those are the bad ones, and then we go in and we fuck with them, um, we're not being genuine to the situation. We're allowing... Uh, we're, we're just an imperialist uh, nation doing imperialism. Uh, we're not we're not fighting for democracy. We're not spreading trying democracy. To, we're not helping people. To stabilize the trade routes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and that's you know that that's the lie is is that we're we're you know helping implement democracy, but you know we don't even allow for for the idea that maybe certain groups of people don't want democracy, um, and if that's what they don't want then that's how yeah i mean they should vote for it right no i mean that's that's how their society will form um you know that this was one of the major failures of the american involvement in afghanistan which we're now leaving um where we're actually just staffing it with mercenaries instead of uh, uh of american troops uh so you know america 
as an official force has moved out of the country, but America as an imperialistic uh, mercenary hiring group is still remaining. Um, but one of the failures of, you know, Afghanistan was not recognizing that, you know, the form of tribal politics that exists there, they don't necessarily believe in democracy. And, you know, to say that America even believes in democracy is also a lie because we have a republic. It's a republic. Yeah, technically it's a republic. <laughs> and yeah, no, sure. I'm the asshole. I'm the pedant asshole. <laughs> make make me yeah, out to be the bad guy for telling the truth. But we are we are a republic. We we do not have a, a full democracy, and you know we have things like the electoral college. So. Mm. To, to say that America is, is a democratic nation is, is first off a lie. To say that we're spreading democracy anywhere <laughs> else and that democracy is something that these places even want is also a lie. Um, anyways, that's that's a whole rant on like the simplification of other people's uh, or other nations and their politics. And, and, you know, like, you know, this this group of people who try to attempt a coup are being labeled as venezuelan supporters well what is the what is the actual support level for this coup attempt because it kind of looks like uh the the more popular movement is to uh execute these people that tried to commit the coup and uh keep moving on with the day um <clears throat> well, yeah or or that like uh, or like do the do uh maduro detractors actually want the leader of their government assassinated Right. Yeah. Right. They actually want that chaos. You know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing is like uh, Juan Guaido is the American choice for for strongman leader in, in Venezuela. Uh, Maduro, not a great guy either, but he's not the American choice for strongman leader in Venezuela. So um, and then, you know, the the American dictate of, of you know, choosing who gets who gets to be in charge of other countries is uh, obscene. Um, you know, if we're, if we're going to say, you know, Cuba has a brutal dictatorship, what what is America to the world as we, you know, invade other countries illegally and choose their leaders for them? Um, choose their, their mode of politics, choose democracy for them, whether they want it or not. And um, then leave by selling the word to someone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave by selling the war to somebody. Leave in, in the dead of night and not even tell your your uh, your allies in the region that you're leaving um, was was a pretty good move. Uh, that was that was a, a headline that didn't get spread around very much. But um, I believe it was Bagram Air Base, mm. which I've been to. Um, wonderful place. I, uh, I took uh, indirect fire while I was there. Uh, that's that's mortars. Uh, mortars were dropped on the base while I was there, and I uh, had to uh, cower in terror. Um, <clears throat> which I'm not afraid to admit. If you've, if you've ever seen mortars falling, you know, cowering in terror is all you can do. <laughs> I'm not afraid of exploding, bro. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I can dude, take it. If, I can handle it. If I if I was being assaulted by mortars, I would simply not care. Dude, yeah, you know, there are two two reasons. Well, you know, it's complicated. See, I I totally would have become a troop, as we've established before. But if if a, a drill sergeant ever yelled at me, oh yeah, I'd, I'd knock him the fuck out. But right. you know, I should have become a troop. I should have become one because if a mortar ever fell on me, 
I would fucking <laughs> punch it out. So, you know, it's kind of 50 50. So yeah. I kind of regret like not being there for my buddies, but, uh, you know, yeah. just, I, I can't be controlled. <laughs> so anyways uh, uh the military uh Sorry. the u.s military uh pulled out of bagram air base uh without letting the uh the afghan uh, national army commander know that they were going to do that uh so i imagine he he woke up uh in the middle of the night to see everybody like hey see ya <laughs> and he's like oh fuck uh li- literally left holding the the bag Rom, <laughs> get it? Never mind. <laughs> Have you heard his uh his like extremely like positive, anxious speeches and interviews that he's been like giving? No, uh, I ha- I haven't. This is this is the yeah, uh, no. commander of of the <laughs> Afghan National Army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like like because you know they're just like oh it's you know like oh it's weird you know like uh they just. Do you feel like they just like left you high and dry? And you know, like he's not trying to say that they did that because he yeah. wants them to come back. I'm guessing or something. Well, I, I think that's that's or the ultimate play is the <laughs> ultimate play is America will be back. We're leaving yeah. that mercenary group because uh, it, it'll look like a weakened force. The mercenary group will be attacked, and America will be like, ah, fuck, we got to go back there. Yeah. Nations in chaos. They're trying to expel invaders again. Um, because that was, uh, oh, yeah. you remember John, John, you were, you were on the, uh, uh, the, the deployment in 2012 with me, right? Yep. Yeah. And then, so I, I stood post, uh, while we were out there, um, coincidentally because, uh, I, I used a marker to write, uh, bitches get stitches on my rifle and my punishment was I had to stand post for a couple of months. Um, it, it was completely washable paint marker. It, it came right off, mm-hmm. but but since I had written that on my my buttstock, I, I got in trouble. Um. <clears throat> anyways, uh, I was I was a shithead when I was in the the Marines. Um. <laughs> so you know, I stood post, and and what what ended up happening was I was the last group of Marines to stand post out there, and we were replaced with a company called Triple Canopy. Um. Uh, the best yeah. yeah and triple canopy for those who don't know is the rebranding of blackwater uh it's run by yeah, the they, same guy done like at least four rebrands. yeah they've done a couple of rebrandings like XC, triple canopy yeah. blackwater yeah yeah they kind of splintered into a couple of them uh right. and, and yeah but but they're all essentially run by the same people um and so triple canopy uh was was from what i could tell uh, especially the the force that they had standing on on the guard posts out there uh, was a bunch of like and and I hesitate to say the word veteran here because the Cold War didn't really see much action <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about people who were like Cold Warish or like peacetime veterans oh, like guys in their 40s and 50s yes yes they were all 40s 50s sort of aged people um you know this was back in 2012 so it makes sense on the timeline um and and they all like they they had no like military bearing about them you know like when i was standing on post it was excruciating and miserable but i was actively you know like watching doing my doing my little rounds and like doing all my checks and you know keeping keeping an active watch 
these guys, I, I got angry at them all the time because they would just like sit there and bullshit and like talk about old stories. Like, <laughs> yeah, back when I was in, you know, we used to uh, go hot rodding around the base and blah, blah, blah. And it's like one time I got 13 blowjobs in the green zone. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they, they've never been to a war zone is the funny part. Yeah. Uh, uh, this this is like their first interaction with a war zone. And they're telling all these like peacetime military stories where they're like yeah and i got in so much trouble with the command like oh and then you know like they're they're doing the thing that all like uh uh compensating military people do which is like they always have everything at home like oh yeah you got a you got a such and such uh year car and classic car sort of thing i've you know i got a buddy that's got one of those or uh you know i i used to i used to have one i was working on it as a project car but i sold it during the divorce sort of stuff <laughs> like like that kind There's of story a divorce for some reason yeah. yeah um no no wonder why these guys have chosen the life of uh being shipped out as mercenaries um but but shortly after all of the marine presence uh, left the posts is when Camp Leatherneck was assaulted for the first time in like 10 years. And I think you were still on like I, I had uh, yeah, I, I, I left there. early. Yeah, you were still there. And yeah. there was there was something like a couple of planes were destroyed, that sort of thing. So I, I think it's intentional that we're leaving behind mercenary forces in Afghanistan as a way to goad, uh, you know, the Taliban, Al Qaeda, whoever's whoever's operating over there right now, into attacking these bases, and then once they attack these bases, um, you're going to see a return of the military presence. Um, yeah, that's that's my theory. Uh, kind of an aside to what we're talking about. Uh, let's let's go back to this video. Um, because Justin Goudreau is going to talk soon. <laughs> Those signing a contract with him in October 2019. Venezuelans who know Guaido say it sounds like him, but it's impossible to fully prove. In the recording, the Venezuelan legislator concludes in English with, let's go to work. Let's go to work. Okay, yes, sir. That's... <laughs> Earlier versions of the contract that were made public had a section redacted. The original version contains a paragraph recognizing that Guaido will disavow any participation should things go wrong. Was the Trump administration involved? This is where the story gets murky. Both the White House and State Department insist they had no involvement. Goudreau's lawsuit alleges two Trump administration officials had knowledge from the beginning. And it also suggests early involvement from former Trump bodyguard Keith Schiller. A source close to Schiller denies this. The lawsuit identifies the officials, both former soldiers, as Drew Horn, a former advisor to Mike Pence, and Jason Beardsley, an advisor to the Department of Veterans Affairs. <laughs> Beardsley declined comment. Horn did not return calls. A spokesman for Vice President Pence calls the claims a total fabrication. Goudreau's detractors wouldn't go on the record, but privately questioned his motives and his story. They alternately dismiss him as a rogue, a hothead, a tool of Venezuelan intelligence, and even someone seeking a Netflix deal. The decorated former U.S. soldier calls himself a patriot, trying to free people under an oppressive regime. Our whole lives, we put our lives on the line, and and legitimately, we're not like we're not truck drivers. We're not like I've been sh I've been blown up, I've been stabbed, I've been bludgeoned, I've been shot. It isn't that what mercenaries do, though? 
Yeah, yeah, but he's talking. Nice. He's talking Wait. as a as a soldier. All right, as a patriot. Oh, uh, also, here's the fucking <laughs> thing. By the way, yeah, that's we 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 have a volunteer military. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is exactly what you're saying, John. Like, not to just take it from you, but like, what the fuck? But uh, I feel like th- I feel like this is even like crazier though. Like, because like. Yeah. This is like this is for profit violence. You yes, know what I mean, and and like, it's and it's interesting because he seems to be justifying what he's doing by virtue of yeah, I've been beat up for it. Like okay, that doesn't mean right. that what you're doing yeah. is right. You know? Yeah, because you're, you're in so, you're in somebody else's backyard with a fucking gun. Yeah, yeah and they don't like you there. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm patriotic. I'm trying to help these people, but they fucking bludgeon me and stab me. Let me rescue you from your oppressors. <laughs> Why are you making me do this to you? Yeah. Again, um, sorry. Is, uh, so, is, is, What's up? Is this the type of crazy that it takes to like get denied, like being a cop? They've all become mercenaries. <laughs> yes, and I, yes, I, yeah. I believe yeah. so because yeah. for a long time the the police force was trying to hire like veterans and stuff like that and they kind of reduce that effort i think because yeah but also you get paid so much better to be like uh, some asshole working for like academy or triple canopy or oh for sure yeah whatever no, the, the guys so the guys that uh you just have to want money the guys that yeah. i trained and these these were not like the the best of the best triple canopy guys these were the, we're still making six figures easily yeah uh these these were the yeah. washed up guys that they just wanted to stick on the post for a bit um, yeah, th- these guys are making, uh, I think they they told me like 120 grand a year, which, yeah. which when I was deployed, I think I made, and this That's is including like combat pay, or something. No, <laughs> including combat pay. I, I think I ended up making like just under 60,000, something like that. So, okay. so they're making like, that includes like 3000 sign up bonuses and shit like that. Yeah. But... Like, like, yeah, it, it, it wasn't great pay. And you know, a lot of it was taken out of my paycheck for like housing costs or, or like, uh, Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So rules. like functionally not making, probably not making any more than like 40 K a year, uh, while deployed but you made enough to buy a dope Mustang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I bought a, I bought a Jeep when I got home. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's let's round this uh, let's round this clip out, and then we'll uh, we'll go into a little bit more stuff. I spilled blood for the country, and I've had my blood spilled for the country. You know, so for my country to turn on me now is pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Trying my best to hold back the tears right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the the next link. Um, so, Silver. Uh, Silver Corp USA um, is a company that Jordan Goudreau founded. Uh, so his his inspiration was uh, during Hurricane Maria in 2017. Uh, he served as a security contractor, and and he saw the uh, the financial benefits of being a security contractor. So then he came home, started Silver Corp USA. Uh, some of the some of the notable things that he's done is uh, following the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting uh, later in the month of uh, February 2018. He presented a concept of placing undercover special forces veterans in schools at a Florida school security conference, <laughs> which which. What is that going to do um, to have some some unhinged maniac with a fucking gun in school 
that's looking for other unhinged maniacs with guns in schools. <laughs> well, like the thing that uh, start looking like unhinged maniacs. I, I like the idea were... that he could be undercover too, like a veteran that's undercover with a right. gun that's ready to like. I'm just the guy that mops the floors, or I'm just a cook, like uh, like under siege style. Oh, totally. Well, I, Hello, I, I teenagers. Yeah, I I figure it's worse than that because like we had in California, I think it was in. It was in Irvine or Riverside, I think Riverside, but uh, we had an operation where uh, cops were uh, undercover at the school as students uh, and would literally get hello other fellow to kids, sell huh? them weed. Yeah, and would have <laughs> yeah. other kids like find other kids who would find other kids who would find other kids to sell them weed, and then they'd put someone in prison for like selling them a gram for twenty five bucks. That's that's you know like great and not yeah. uh, not what actually hurts children. Right. Um, and so I would believe that this motherfucker and like a bunch of like other like grizzled mercenaries uh, that look exactly like him or him with a beard are like wandering around and just like, yeah. man, algebra too sure is hard, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking underage girls, you know. Like, I, sh- yeah, I sure do yeah, hate doubtlessly. history I, teacher. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I lived in, I, I'm a, I'm an army brat. Uh and when I lived in an army town in high school, like there was a constant problem with fucking soldiers. Uh, oh yeah, having uh, high school girlfriends Ooh. with fucking soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like growing up around like Oceanside and stuff, the amount of times when I was like, I don't know, in my mid-teens uh, and like trying to learn how to date and stuff, and then seeing people that I had like dated in the past wandering around in downtown oceanside with a fucking marine <laughs> like 16 year old girls wandering around with marines like all over it's just a thing yeah um yeah i, I wasn't that kind of marine i promise no. yeah you're not like the other guys <laughs> no i i just uh <laughs> I, I was uh i was usually too busy getting drunk in my barracks room playing world of warcraft to uh I mean, God bless you. Those are yeah. the ones I always make make friends with. Well, clearly, uh, um. <laughs> uh, right? No fair. Uh, for some reason, like ninety percent of my Marine friends are like engineers that play fucking uh, Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Building temporary bridges and then building houses out of Magic cards. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go down to uh, Jordan Goudreau's uh, awards and decorations real quick. Um, you, you will note that there's a. Uh, you will note that there's no uh, no purple heart there. Uh, right. <laughs> he got stabbed by his like ex-wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just want to. You know, I I don't really care about the stolen valor shit. But if you're gonna make the claim yeah. that you were like stabbed or wounded in combat for you know America, um, they give you an award for that, and uh, he he doesn't have that. Um, so Ooh. just funny to me. Let's and go this to- includes like oh, circumstances where the injury. I mean, I've heard some very funny Purple Heart stories. Where it's like, oh, yeah. really, you got one for that? So yeah. I mean, keeping that in mind. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and go to the next link. We've talked about him briefly uh, in in the terms of Blackwater. Oh no, the Dark Lord. <laughs> yeah, the Dark Lord, Eric <laughs> Prince. Yeah, that's too cool. Yeah, Eric Prince. Yeah. Um. So. This is another story that just hasn't been reported on very much by by mass media sources. Uh, But Eric Prince had a plan to uh, 
and and was pretty close to executing this plan. Um, but he was going to start his own private uh, military in Ukraine. Uh, yeah. And the, and this is like kind of divorced from like any American nationality or anything like that. It would be literally an army for hire. Um, no, no ideology connected to it whatsoever. Just like, hey, pay us to go fight your war. Um, not that I agree with the American ideology or why we go into war right. at all, but it is alarming that uh, that um, you know they they were planning to do this and uh, very close to to executing that plan. Um, so this this time article, I encourage people to read it. Um, go go back up to the headline so I can tell people what the headline is. Uh, exclusive documents reveal Eric Prince's ten billion dollar plan to make weapons and create a private army in Ukraine. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Doreen. You were saying something? No, I mean just this is something that I I don't know. This is extremely complicated, but. One of the reasons that we see things like this occur in Ukraine, it's not just because it's an interesting like geopolitical situation or that it's like a, a great place to fucking fight people if you just want to fight, which are all true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Ukraine is also a nationwide free trade zone. Yes. Like it's it's an entire company, FTZ, like it, which is unheard of and doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but uh, and so that makes really insane exploitations of like, uh, well, any anything that you'd ever want to do with money possible sure. in Ukraine. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not at all surprising that instead of doing this in Mogadishu, they're doing it in Ukraine now. Like, yeah. Surprise. Um, yep. Uh, kind of running low on time. So let's go ahead and go to the uh, the next link. Um, fun fact, I didn't know this until, until a couple of days ago, uh, but, uh, Eric Prince's, uh, sister is known as Betsy DeVos. The worst, the two worst people. Yeah. Um, they might be, if they make a baby, they will, it will be the Antichrist. (laughs) Um, so, uh, suit, suit for libel. Yeah, probably. Well, they haven't made a baby yet. So, so you, you haven't. Yeah. Besmirch their baby. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want I wanted to bring this up because um, it's interesting how and and I guess this is this is aligned with man, some dude just like peeled out. Yeah. I without a doubt, I I live so close to the base now. Um anyways. Uh yeah, so so you know, there's there's this kind of incestuous relationship between uh the government and uh you know people like Eric Prince and uh Betsy DeVos, where you have triple canopy being hired by the Biden administration to take over operations in Afghanistan. And then you also have Betsy DeVos, who worked for the last administration as you know the the Secretary of Education and you have uh, Biden's administration, and and I always was curious about this. Like, what what does Biden have to gain by protecting Betsy DeVos uh, through the legal system? Because you know, obviously, a lot of shit that she did has been kind of called into question, and and the Biden administration has been very protective of Betsy DeVos and and her career. And I was 
I've always wondered about that. And it's, it's uh, notable that nobody really reports on the fact that, oh, yeah, one of the major private military contractors okay. is uh, Betsy DeVos's brother. And the Biden administration has, you know, an incentive to uh, to treat all these people with soft hands because they're they're so interconnected to each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, There's also the fact that, you know, I'm sure that uh, DeVos with all of her shit around um, student loans and like uh, graduate of course. Uh, taxation and stuff like that is uh, very friendly to a lot of the shit that uh, Biden actually believes, despite saying that he would do things like forgive student debt. Uh, of course. But, you know, when, when you when you when you talk about like the so. the political capital of, of like what it takes to defend these people. Uh, when when Biden did run on a different platform than what he's actually enforcing, you know, what what does he have to lose if like Betsy DeVos gets in some trouble or whatever? Well, what he has to lose is the connection to the private military contractor that he's turning over operations in Afghanistan mm. to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's a uh, it's interesting how deep the ties go with uh, these these uh, mercenary groups, um, how they uh, are used to uh, supplement, uh, you know, America's uh, aims, political aims in the world. Um, and that's that's kind of really all I had. The, the last link I have is uh, uh, just a list of private military contractors, uh, prominent ones uh, that, that exist in America. Uh, if you want to go to that real quick which which is actually perfect because i i google searched this um as we were talking uh but it's it's just fun to know that uh, uh constellus uh is the umbrella that includes triple canopy which includes under it academy which i'm sure includes something else beneath yeah. that uh so it's just yeah it's very funny so, that so go ahead and uh, go down just a little bit uh, john yeah, so a bunch of these, uh, like, like you just pointed out, a bunch of these companies are all owned by the same person um, mm. or same group of people. Uh, and that's why, you know, Eric Prince is able to put together a $10 billion plan to create a private military in Ukraine because he's kind of the sole inheritor of all these fucking companies and, and the wealth that they're generating uh, by being employed by the U.S. government. Um you know, you'll see in, in the uh, the notes over here, uh, you've got uh, KBR, which is located in Houston, Texas, uh, formerly a division of Halliburton. Uh, Halliburton oh. is a name that's no longer accepted in the, uh, the social sphere because of how shady they were during the Iraq war. Uh, so so now they go by a different name, essentially. Um, let's see. Triple Canopy. It's, it is part of the Constellus group. The Constellus group, if you look into it, is what Blackwater basically renamed themselves to. Um, yeah. So, you know, th this is by far not a comprehensive list. Um, what's, what's that you're highlighting, John? Uh, isn't a Fairfax a big... Uh like military industrial complex thing. yes yeah yeah and uh, anywhere okay. anywhere in virginia near washington dc is going to be a huge yeah uh, no, i remember like uh, vehicles <laughs> uh like a lot of uh a lot of naval vessels uh have a uh, fairfax uh virginia yep. manufacturing stamps on them and stuff like yep. that uh and huge military equipment huge uh producer of military equipment uh in fairfax and, 
also people we sell military equipment to yes yes i was was going to point that out is uh a lot of uh, a lot of american equipment uh, gets sold to saudi arabia um which which is a whole another subject we kind of touched on it in in some previous episodes um but yeah you know the uh i also posted about this on the the instagram the other day but uh uh, the Biden administration had a meeting with uh, one of the Saudi princes. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he's the uh, the little brother of MBS, and he also runs the uh, the defense. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The defense ministry. Yeah, the defense ministry um, okay. of Saudi Arabia. Um, Biden ran on a platform of you know holding Saudi Arabia accountable for the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, as well as, you know, various other atrocious things that they've done in the world. Obviously he was fucking lying. Uh, They did not announce that they were going to have this meeting with this individual because they clearly know that that would be a a bad look for them. Um, I think it's notable how the hysteria around Trump would be if he did something like that. And he did do stuff like that. And, and the media rightly had a, a pretty strong reaction uh, to Trump doing things like that. But you're not seeing that with Biden because Biden has been kind of a sanitized uh, yeah. um, in comparison to, to Trump. Um, Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, no, no fun things today. Our next episode is uh, is going to be recorded on the twenty third, um, and we're going to have a uh, uh, discussion of Russian history, um, which I'm very excited for. Uh, one one of our friends, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go by uh, Teddy K with him. Uh, no no relation to uh, to uh, the original Teddy K. Um, but uh, he he's a uh, he's Russian born. Uh, he knows quite a bit of uh, Russian politics, so we're we're gonna be speaking with him about uh, Russian political history, and um, he's a pretty detailed guy. Uh, so from what I understand, he's gonna start pretty early in uh, Russian history, and uh, we'll yeah. we'll go from there. Uh, so very excited about that. Um, got some other things that are kind of in the works. Uh, interview wise uh, subject wise but uh yeah we're uh, we're getting back into the swing of things after our little break and uh yeah if you uh if you listen to this whole depressing uh uh thing uh thank you for listening um oh also i should mention we we do have a patreon um you know the the intent is that we never have anything behind a paywall uh uh in in here but uh if you would like to donate to the patreon i've I've been told by a couple of people now that they were surprised i had a patreon because they didn't even know about it and so now we've actually got a couple of donations rolling in um so if you would like to donate uh to to this project um i'm I'm running it all at cost right now um i would prefer to at least break even at some point um anything that uh that i generate in excess uh will be you know returned to the production values of the the podcast um so if you like what we're doing and, and you'd like it to get better then uh please donate to the patreon otherwise we will uh we will keep doing what we're doing at the uh, same level of quality that we're doing it yeah and it'll be your fault and it'll be your <laughs> fault <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
as uh, as for me, you guys again should go to bring down the grindhouse on Instagram. I think it's just BTGH podcast uh, at Instagram. Uh, but uh, go to them and harass them about um, bring me on to do this uh, this witch series that we have planned. Uh, they seem excited about it, but uh, if you guys irritate them, I'm sure it'll speed it up uh, because we're planning um, a multi-series arc, uh, multi-series, multi-episode arc uh, around this, and it'll be a lot of fun and very detailed. Uh, and uh, yeah, so... Please irritate them, and please also go to my Patreon, um, Trincata, um, T-R-U-N-C-A-T-A. Uh, we have an open workshop again uh, on uh, the fifth Friday of this month, so the, the last Friday of July. Saturday, um, you mean? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I was drinking with my buddy playing Tarkov last night. <laughs> yeah, so, blame it all yeah. on me. So the last the last Saturday of this month, uh, we have an open workshop uh, for anyone to come in on. Uh, we're still deciding on the theme. But honestly, if you ever just want to pop in anytime that you're free, please let me know and we will include you. Sounds good. John, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I don't. I do not have a Patreon or anything like that. You think you're better cool than us? us. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening or watching. Uh, as always, we love you. Please take your medicine. Please take mine too. And save some for your friends. <laughs>